Hi, and welcome back to the Pleasing God Podcast, a weekly show focused on helping Christians to think biblically, engage practically, and live faithfully for the glory of God. I'm your host, Jonathan Soule. And today I want to talk with you on one of my favorite subjects, theology. I might have already caused some of you to want to turn this off. You know, you hear the word theology and you think of ivory towers and lofty speculation and uh, or just dry talk, giant tombs of books. But I want to challenge that thought and really with this idea that theology is for everyone. Theology is for life. And most importantly, that theology matters. A.W. Tozer wrote, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I could not agree more with that statement. Let me ask you, when you think about God, what thoughts come into your mind? Do you think about God? Do you think about God often? What you truly believe about God in the deepest part of your mind, heart, and soul shapes your worldview, underlies your assumptions, and guides your decisions. This is true of all people. I'm not just talking to Christians right now, though I assume that the majority of you listening are Christians. This is true of the atheist and the Christian. For the atheist, the naturalist, what they believe about God being non-existent, never existing, in the deepest part of their being, that certainly drives their worldview. Oftentimes, they might have a fatalistic mindset or that we're just balls of matter that have come from this cycle of energy resulting in this bang and then everything came into being. And really, there might be a struggle that life is meaningless. We live, we die, and that's it. But for the Christian and thoughts concerning who God is, that will shape how we handle our day-to-day lives. That will shape what we think about the world, how we handle sin, how we handle difficulty, and how we handle death. And so when we think about theology, we must understand that theology matters. I'm reminded of a book that the late R.C. Sproul wrote titled, Everyone is a Theologian. And that is such a true statement. Everyone is a theologian, especially to, to you, Christian, listening right now. You are a theologian because you make a statement concerning who God is. You make a a theological statement saying that you know God. By that token, you are a theologian. Let's back up here for a minute and let's define some of our terms. Let's start at the very basic. What is theology? Well, when we think about that word, the uh, prefix being theo, that means God, and the suffix logos, the noun meaning word or words, in the verb form, it would mean to select or to gather. So the suffix in our English language, we would get as ology, which means, as understanding these root words, the selection and gathering of words concerning whatever the attached prefix might be. So It's the selection and gathering of words. In essence, ology means the study of. That's how we interpret it. We add the word ology to many subjects, biology, anthropology. But when we put the word theo in front, what we mean is theology being the study of God. Now, we've come to broaden that term slightly 
where theology has come to really be defined as the study of religious beliefs. In a Christian context, we would use the word theology to mean the study of the Christian faith, various doctrines. Specifically, when we would talk about the study of God, we would have that under the heading of theology proper. But just talking about theology in general and why that is important, why it matters to the Christian, and why we all do it. I'm reminded of what God says in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. A few things I want us to notice here as we think about just this one passage. First, let's understand that theology is a tool. It is a means to an end. We would see here, even in this verse, he says that the one who is to boast there is to boast that he understands and knows me. Not in his wisdom. We can study theology and just get wisdom. That's not what it's for. That's not what it's about. Ultimately, it's a means to an end. And this is what the end is, that he understands and knows me. That's the end. The end of theology is knowing God, is to understand God. And in understanding and knowing God, that's how we can live lives that are pleasing to God. So, thinking on the subject of theology and why theology matters, how can we grow in our theology? First, we should understand this. As Christians, we should never be comfortable that we've arrived at a certain level of understanding, a certain level of knowledge, a certain level of even applying that knowledge. There's always more to know. There's always more room to grow. And so let us not be complacent and comfortable. The knowledge of God is inexhaustible. We can never plunge the depths. We can never mine to the bottom. So, we should always be seeking to grow as theologians. So, where do we begin? Where would we even start in our theology? Well, first and foremost, you need to read. You will not grow in any significant way in theology if you do not read. And first, it needs to be the Bible, the scriptures. The scriptures are the primary source. The scriptures are the source by which we understand who God is. It is God's special revelation. We read in the Psalms that the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. There are two categories. This is a theological term here, but there are two categories by which we know God. The first is through natural revelation. That's being able to look outside. We see the creation declares that there is a creator. But natural revelation does not tell us who that creator is. It just tells us that there is a creator. Special revelation, the second category, reveals to us who that creator is. And God's special revelation is the Bible. This is the means in which God has revealed himself. So we will only grow in our theology as we commit ourselves to reading the Bible. This is the primary source, and this must be the first source. But we already use secondary sources as well. But remember, secondary sources must always come second. 
So read books about theology. You might get intimidated by a giant systematic theology. Don't start there. Start with a little paperback. Start with a subject that might interest you, whether it be on some concept that you've read in the Bible or in your Bible reading. But ask questions and then seek to find answers to those questions. Be a reader. Good theologians are readers. Another way we can grow in our theology is to learn from other theologians. This is very important, especially where we stand. We're 2,000 years into church history. That means there's been 2,000 years of careful thinkers, theologians that have gone before us. So we are to learn from other theologians. You're not the first one to wrestle with an issue. You're not the first one to read something in your Bible and say, hey, what does that mean? Or how does that work out in my life? You aren't the first one to wrestle with questions concerning the nature of God. So you can learn from other theologians. But the place to start is with your pastors and your elders. Don't go outside of them first, because those are your primary teachers that God has given you. Those are gifts to the church to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So start with your pastor and your elders before going to other theologians. This is one of their qualifications. We would read in 1 Timothy chapter 3 that they must be able to teach. And in Titus, they must be able to contradict those who do not teach according to sound doctrine. So your pastor and your elders should be the strongest theologians in the church. And they must be able to teach it. If you can't teach it, you haven't learned it. And so your pastors and your, th- and your elders should be your primary go-to people when it comes to theological questions. That doesn't mean that they're know-it-alls, but they should know a lot. They should have a sufficient amount of knowledge so that they are able to teach. Another way to grow as a theologian is to study theology in community. I don't think I can stress this enough. Private theologians often turn into public heretics. And this can easily be avoided if we study theology in community. A simple look throughout history of the Christian church. No great confession or creed has ever been penned by a single author. There's a safety in studying theology in community. Find a group of people in your church that would desire to study a specific topic or uh, just the study of God. A great place to begin would be to study the attributes of God. This is foundational because as Tozer said, what comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about us. So study theology in community, study theology with a group, study the attributes of God And then go on from there in other areas of theology. You might be working through a theological topic or issue in community, and you might arrive at maybe a certain thought that could be a conclusion concerning a various doctrine, and everybody else in the group kind of looks at you and says, I don't think so. There's safety in that. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're all right and you're all wrong, but it's good to be able to have a lot of minds together as you wrestle through and grow in your theology. And it'll help shape you. And it'll help you to be a humble theologian. Private theologians that figure it all out because they've sat at home with their Bible open and their systematic theology book don't tend to communicate well. And they don't tend to be open to reason because they just are trusting whatever conclusions they arrive at without hearing it from other people. 
So study theology in community. It'll help grow you. It'll help grow the whole community. Another way, ground your theology in facts, not feelings. We can make many errors here because our feelings might want to drive us in one direction, but something we're reading in the scriptures or uh, something we're studying in a group or something we've read from theologians of the past tend to go against our feelings. That's okay. There are doctrines in the scriptures that you might have to accept long before you learn to love them, and you need to be comfortable with that. Some examples where we could think of theology that's based more on feelings than facts are strong free will arguments. How could a loving God dot dot dot? Another one is annihilationism. This is the rejection of an everlasting judgment in hell. And I understand where the argument comes. There might be a few proof texts in the Bible people might seek to use concerning verses talking about destruction. But at the bedrock, annihilationism, this idea that at the end of, of the end of the age and when the believers are go to heaven and everyone else is cast into hell, there's a time where God will annihilate and cause those in torment not to be an everlasting torment. But in his grace and mercy, he would just relieve them of their torment. It has a sentimental feel to it, and I totally understand that. And I understand where people are coming from and their desire to see that happen. But that's a theology based off of feelings and not facts. And when we have a theological understanding of the holiness and righteousness and justice of God, we will understand that hell must be a place of everlasting judgment. And you have to learn, we have to learn to accept that maybe long before we learn to love that. But the judge of all the earth will do right. A final area in which we can grow in our theology, and I thought it'd be fitting if I was to just give you five points when talking about theology, would be be willing to reform. The only flawless theologians right now are in the presence of Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm saying I know I'm wrong about some things or that you know you're wrong about your theology and you're unwilling to change that. No. If we believed we were wrong, we would change. But we have to also be humble theologians and willing to reform. This was the issue in 1517 when it came to Luther and the Roman Catholic Church. An unwillingness to reform led to a reformation to which we are grateful for. But we need to be willing to reform. Semper reformanda, the saying, always reforming. I think having that posture makes theology much more approachable, makes us as theologians much more approachable, that we're not cold and stuffy, thinking that we're the know-it-alls, but we're willing to listen. Now, there are certain theological non-negotiables that we arrive at early on, the deity of Christ, Jesus being fully God and fully man, uh, there's, no, there's no openness to reform with that. You can't. But we have to be willing to understand that there might be some areas in which we can grow, knowing that we are not flawless theologians. So, theology matters. Theology guides our practice. What we believe will drive what we do. So, what do you think about theology? Is it something for the guys in the ivory towers, the pastors and the scholars, I would challenge you, don't think that way. Everyone is a theologian. The question is, are you a good one? God has called us to know him. God has given us a means in which we can know him. 
And it should be our delight as Christians to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So my challenge to you, don't be afraid of theology. Start small, read your Bible, read some books, learn from others, study in community, ground your theology in facts, not feelings, and always be willing to reform as you would approach the scriptures and your maybe assumptions might be challenged. I pray that we would all continue to grow and be good theologians and good representatives and good witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ, ultimately pleasing God in all that we do. And if you have theological questions and you just don't have someone that you know that can answer them for you or you're really wrestling with something, feel free to reach out to the Pleasing God podcast and and I would love to answer your questions. I want to thank you for listening to the Pleasing God podcast. If you have any questions, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out at questions at pleasinggodpodcast.org. And remember, 1 Thessalonians 4.3, this is the will of God, your sanctification.